Good morning, I'm Pastor Gillespie from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church and School, Sherman Center, Random Lake, Wisconsin. It's good to have you with us here this morning for the Congregation of Prayer, Guide for Daily Meditation and Prayer on God's Word. It's Thursday, December 7th, 2023. We'll continue our catechesis in that parallel story that happens in the midst of the account of the judges. This is from the book of Ruth. We're going to try to cover a lot of territory today. Uh, rather than skip chapter two, which is what I thought I'd do yesterday, I think we'll read two and three today, um, and that will get us caught up. Uh, nice little interlude with the or with the uh, well, really of the gospel uh, being confessed in the midst of that story during the judges. All right. So with that, let's begin. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I believe in God the Father Almighty, Maker of heaven and earth. And in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. All right, our psalm for the week is Psalm 24. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and those who dwell therein. For he has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the rivers. Who shall ascend the hill of the Lord and who shall stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does not lift up his soul to what is false and does not swear deceitfully. He will receive blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. Such is the generation of those who seek him, who seek the face of the God of Jacob. Lift up your heads, O gates, and be lifted up, O ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O gates, and lift them up, O ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. All right, our memory verse for the week. If you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. John 8, verse 31 through 32. Again, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. John 8, verse 31 through 32. Catechism, Lord's Prayer, Second Petition. Thy kingdom come. What does this mean? The kingdom of God certainly comes by itself without our prayer, but we pray in this petition that it may come to us also. How does God's kingdom come? God's kingdom comes when our Heavenly Father gives us His Holy Spirit, so that by His grace we believe His Holy Word and lead godly lives here in time and there in eternity. All right, third petition. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What does this mean? The good and gracious will of God is done even without our prayer, but we pray in this petition that it may be done among us also. How is God's will done? God's will is done when he breaks and hinders every evil plan and purpose of the devil, the world, and our sinful nature, which do not want us to hallow God's name or let his kingdom come, and when he strengthens and keeps us firm in his word and faith until we die. This is is good and gracious will. All right. First reading is from Philippians chapter 2. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, 
not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. Do all things without complaining and disputing that you may become blameless and harmless, children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast the word of life, so that I may rejoice in the day of Christ that I have not run in vain or labored in vain. Yes, and if I am being poured out as a drink offering on the sacrifice and service of your faith, I am glad and rejoice with you all. For the same reason, you will also be glad and rejoice with me. For it is God who works in you both to will and to do his, for his good pleasure. So, of the will, we have to do good. We have none, right? It is of God. comes by the working of the Spirit, Christ's Spirit, who lives in us. And to do for his good pleasure. God uses us vocationally, instrumentally, um, for the benefit of our neighbor. And so, um, do all things without uh, complaining and disputing. That is, as children of God, allowing his good pleasure to work um, in you, shining as lights in the darkness, etc. It it does seem that uh, the formulation here is that the purpose of the preaching of God's word and of catechesis is actually um, to get out of the way anything that stands um, opposed to Christ and to his working in us, so that he alone is the one that works. So that that's that repentance is actually not just a change of heart or mind, but it's actually a removal of um, anything that is opposed to Christ so that Christ will work in us. So there you go. All right, as I said, um, we're going to try to cover a lot of territory here with Ruth 2. I think 2 is probably even more significant than chapter 3. Three is that that final courtship scene in the threshing floor, but but two has to do with the all the initial uh, courtship, and it's not just simply a love affair, although that's true, um, but it, but it is also the redeeming affair, and of course God preserving His people. This is all a big setup. Actually, God's the one who set them up for marriage, but uh, we'll get to that. There was a relative of Naomi's husband, a man of great wealth, of the family of Elimelech. His name was Boaz. So Ruth the Moabitess said to Naomi. Please let me go to the field and glean heads of grain after him, in whose sight I may find favor. And she said to her, Go, my daughter. Then she laughed and went and gleaned in the field after the reapers. And she happened to come upon or come to the part of the field belonging to Boaz, who was of the family of Elimelech. Now behold, Boaz came from Bethlehem and said to the reapers, The Lord be with you. And they answered him, The Lord bless you. Then Boaz said to his servant who was in charge of the reapers, Whose young woman is this? So the servant who was in charge of the reapers answered and said, It is the young Moabite woman who came back with Naomi from the country of Moab. And she said, Please let me glean and gather after the reapers among the sheaves. So she came and has continued from morning until now, though she rested a little in the house. Then Boaz said to Ruth, You will listen, my daughter, will you not? Do not go to glean in another field, nor go from here, but stay close by my young women. Let your eyes be on the field which they reap and go after them. Have I not commanded the young men not to touch you? And when you are thirsty, go to the vessels and drink from what the young men have drawn. So she fell on her face, bowed down to the ground, and said to him, Why have I found favor in your eyes that you should take notice of me, since I am a foreigner? And Boaz answered and said to her, It has been fully reported to me all that you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband, and how you have left your father and your mother in the land of your birth, and have come to a people whom you did not know before. The Lord repay your work and a full reward be given to you by the Lord God of Israel, under whose wings you have come for refuge. Then she said, 
Let me find favor in your sight, my Lord, for you have comforted me and have spoken kindly to your servant, though I am not like one of your maidservants. Now Boaz said to her at mealtime, Come here and eat of the bread and dip your piece of bread in the vinegar. So she sat beside the reapers, and he pressed parched grain to her, and she ate and was satisfied and kept kept some back. And when she rose up to glean, Boaz commanded his young men, saying, Let her glean even among the sheaves, and do not reproach her. Also let the grain from the bundles fall purposely for her. Leave it that she may glean, and do not rebuke her. So she gleaned in the field until evening, and beat it, beat out what she had gleaned, and it was about an effa of barley. 0.624 bushels. <laughs> then she took it up, and went into the city, and her mother-in-law saw what she had gleaned, and she brought out and gave to her what she had kept back after she had been satisfied. And her mother-in-law said to her, Where have you gleaned today? And where did you work? Blessed be the one who took notice of you. So she told her mother-in-law with whom she had worked and said, The name of the man with whom I work today is Boaz. Then Naomi said to her daughter-in-law, Blessed be the Lord who has not forsaken his kindness to the living and the dead. And Naomi said to her, This man is a relation of ours, one of our close relatives. Ruth the Moabitess said, He also said to me, You shall stay close by my young men until they have finished all my harvest. And Naomi said to Ruth, her daughter-in-law, It is good, my daughter, that you go out with his young women, and that people do not meet you in any other field. So she stayed close by the young women of Boaz to glean until all until the end of the barley harvest and wheat harvest, and she dwelt with her mother-in-law. All right, so we here we meet Naomi's relative, um, Boaz, of uh, Elimelech's household, right? Uh, it doesn't tell us what the relation is. Boaz, by the way, means strength. All right, so um, uh, Ruth asked permission of Naomi to go and glean in the fields um, for whatever and from whomever granted her favor who allowed her to do that, all right? So um, gleaning, of course, is finding all the grain that fell, um, um, usually along the edges, right? Poor and stranger, the poor and the strangers could reap from the corners of the field. That's uh, Leviticus 19. It's actually under God's command. Finding favor in his eyes, or find favor in their, in their eyes, is an important uh, saying, favor. Um, sometimes it's translated as grace, or love that is bestowed without the recipient having earned it. All right, so the key here is that um, is that Ruth doesn't deserve the favor of Boaz, but yet receives it anyway. All right, so that's where she ends up gleaning in Boaz's field. And uh, Boaz greets the workers, the Lord bless you, and they respond, the Lord bless you, or the Lord be with you and the Lord bless you. That sounds familiar, doesn't it? Yeah, um, just in the liturgy, that's in the salutation right before um, the collect of the day or before the preface in Holy Communion. The Lord be with you and also with you. Bless we the Lord. Thanks be to God, right? It's a nice little liturgical hint here. Um, the foreman identifies Ruth for Boaz, right? She is uh, the one who came back with Naomi from Moab um, and also reports that she's a hard worker, that she's continued from morning until now uh, with only a brief rest. Um, know what Boaz calls Ruth. Verse 8, you will listen, my daughter, will you not? My daughter. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, so Boaz now says... Uh, Maybe because of Naomi's relation, I would suggest, at least at this point. Um, or maybe she, he's already beginning uh, to see her attractiveness, you know, in her hard work, perhaps, as well. Uh, don't glow, glean in another field, right? Stay in this field. Stay close to my young women. That's a privilege. Um, also, he's going to prevent his young men from coming after her or touching her, right? Mm, another hint that maybe Boaz is already um, beginning um, to court her here. 
And then uh, she can drink of the water that the young men have drawn. So he's made her life um, kind. Notice how she responds, right? Face to the ground in humility. Why have I found favor in your eyes since I am a foreigner? All right, that's key, foreigner. And remember what we read um, because of the whole Balaam Balak incident. Um, Israel was to have nothing, Judah was to have nothing with Moab, nothing to do with them. All right. Uh, why did Boaz treat her in this way then? Boaz tells her, verse 11 and 12, right? He was aware of all that all that she and Faith had done in coming to a people she did not know before and caring for her mother-in-law, right? And he even blesses her and says, the Lord repay you for your work, right? As you've been a blessing to others, so the Lord bless you and uh, give refuge under his wings. This will come back in chapter three, under whose wings you have come for refuge. Um, she's going to remind him of this blessing in, a, in, the, in the next chapter, all right? Uh, Boaz also offers at mealtime that she can eat at his table, right? So to take the bread and dip it in uh, the vinegar, you know, the malt vinegar or the, uh, uh, what would it be, like the balsamic, right? Nice. Of course, that language in verse 14, come here and eat of the bread and dip the piece of bread in the vinegar, uh, that has a pretty strong Christ connection, doesn't it? Yeah, like the feeding of the 5,000 uh, would be one, but of course, of course, also Jesus being given vinegar to drink on the cross before he died to give us the bread of life, or also uh, the dipping of the bread um, on the night he was betrayed by uh, by Judas, right? Yeah, he has um, dipped the bread with me, yeah, as he says. All right, uh, and then the instruction to the men after dinner, right, um, to allow her to glean even amongst the sheaves, and uh, even uh, uh, be a little bit more generous and allow some of the grain to fall from the sheaves for her sake, all right? Ruth uh, gleaned, about an ephah of flour, that's uh, five gallons, all right? So that's actually a lot. Instead, it was a 0.624 of a bushel. All right. Note in uh, verse 20 um, how Naomi acknowledges that God has shown favor both to the living and the dead. That's interesting. Literally, literally mercy to the living and the dead. God, The God of mercy is being revealed and caring for... Uh, for those who left behind of the dead, so that would be Naomi and Ruth, um, and also being revealed here in the action of actions of Boaz. All right, and then we find out that Boaz, uh, Naomi, coincidentally, this Boaz character is one of the close relatives uh, Ruth did not know. Um, a near, what does she call them? Uh, a relation of us, one of our close relatives. We, we would even say like a near kinsman. And that's going to come up again. Close relative is kinsman redeemer kinsman redeemer right so it's a very technical term and that's why i thought we needed to read chapter two because it's going to come up again here in chapter three um the kinsman redeemer is is literally the nearest relative responsible for protecting the near the needy families of members of a family he could redeem them from their difficult situations by paying a price which they could not pay on their own to reestablish their inheritance this included marrying the widow of a brother who had died and providing an heir for him so we talked about that with the death of Malon and Chilion. Um, redeeming land of a poor relative had sold outside the family. Redeeming a relative sold into slavery and avenging the killing of a relative. That's all in Leviticus 25 and Numbers 35. Right? So, key. All right. And now let's read the next chapter and then we'll summarize. So Naomi, then Naomi, her mother-in-law, said to her, My daughter, shall I not seek security for you, that it may be well with you? Now Boaz, whose young women you are with, is he not our relative? In fact, he is winnowing barley tonight at the threshing floor. Therefore, wash yourself and anoint yourself, put on your best garment, and go down to the threshing floor. 
but do not make yourself known to the man until he has finished eating and drinking, and then it shall be when he lies down that you shall notice the place where he lies, you shall go in, uncover his feet, and lie down, and he will tell you what you should do. And she said to her, All that you say to me I will do. So she went down to the threshing floor and did according to all that her mother-in-law instructed her. And after Boaz had eaten and drunk, and his heart was cheerful, he went to lie down at the end of the heap of grain. And she came softly, uncovered his feet, and lay down. Now it happened at midnight that the man was startled, turned and turned himself, and there a woman was lying at his feet. And he said, Who are you? So she answered, I am Ruth, your maidservant. Take your maidservant under your wing, for you are a kinsman redeemer. Close relative. Then he said, Blessed are you of the Lord, my daughter, for you have shown more kindness at the end than at the beginning, and that you did not go after young men, whether rich or poor or rich. And now, my daughter, do not fear. I will do for you all that you request. For all the people of my town know that you are a virtuous woman. Now it is true that I am a close relative, kinsman redeemer. However, there is a relative closer than I. Stay this night, and in the morning it shall be that if he will perform this duty uh, for you, then I will perform the duty for you as the Lord lives, or does not want to perform the duty. Um, Lie down until the morning. So she lay down at his feet until the morning, and she arose before one could recognize another. Then he said, Do not let it be known that the woman came to the threshing floor. Also, he said, Bring the shawl that is, in, is on you and hold it. And when she held it, he measured six ephahs of barley for her and laid it on her. Then she went into the city. When she came to her mother-in-law, she said, Is that you, my daughter? And then she told her all that the man had done for her. And she said, These six ephahs of barley he gave me, for he said to me, Do not go empty-handed to your mother-in-law. And she said, Sit still, my daughter, until you know how this matter will turn out, for the man will not rest until he has concluded the matter this day. Beautiful. All right. So what did Naomi suggest that Ruth needed? Security there, a home or security where she'd be provided for and find rest. Remember, she showed that concern back in chapter one. That's why she had uh, Naomi had originally tried to send Ruth away. Uh, Naomi has uh, plans now. Uh, what a great mother-in-law here. <laughs> Uh, wash, anoint yourself, put on your best garment, and go to Boaz on the threshing floor. Right? So we have grain and threshing floor, and um, uh, she's being dressed as a pretend, maybe even as a bride. All right. So there's multiple levels of meaning going on here. And when would Ruth re- reveal herself uh, to Boaz? After he was done eating and drinking, and after he had lying down. Um, now, why did she uncover the feet? This is important. Uh, that may be a euphemistic expression as well, um, but I but I think here it's very clearly connected to both the feet being the mark of the gospel. We've talked a lot about feet, the washing of the disciples' feet, the foot that were cru- feet that were crushed the serpent's head, Genesis three, um, but also redemption, redemption, and we'll see this with the sandal tomorrow in chapter four. All right, so she's she's indicating the the need for uh, redemption. Right, this is what the feet are have to do with. All right, so he lay down at the end of a heap of grain, and then at midnight, Boaz dis- discovers Ruth. And notice again here, like I said, um, from chapter two, take me under your wing. Take me under your wing. Um, <laughs> so uh, he, he said, the Lord take you under his wing, and now she's saying, that's your job <laughs> as near, near kinsman. Uh, Ruth literally asked Boaz to spread out his wings over her, right? So the God of Israel would use Boaz then to protect and redeem Ruth. That's this idea of, of the wing is the of protection, right? 
Um, notice what Boaz confesses about Ruth. She is um, virtuous and merciful. Merciful to, to Naomi, right? Um, but something stands in the way of Boaz redeeming Ruth, and that's a, a, actually a nearer kinsman than Boaz. Um, so Boaz makes a vow to her. If that nearer kinsman does not redeem her, then he will. And you'll see how that plays out tomorrow, if you don't already know. Why did Boaz get up so early in the morning? He has to hide the whole courtship here, I think, um, because of the uh, the kinsman affair that will come tomorrow. So they both leave under the cover of darkness before it's known that she's been there. Um, but as a pledge or a token of his uh, mercy to her and maybe agreement to do such a thing, um, he gives her those six ephahs of flour. It's an abundance of barley. Of course, six is the the um, number of the day of man's creation. Um, during Holy Week, it's the day of our Lord's death for our salvation all right so that may be what's going on there um, again that's 30 um, volumetric gallons so that's or you know a little over three and a half bushels probably um, depending on how you want to do the trans translation that is really significant and notice what he's uh, what naomi says when she comes back the man will not rest until he has concluded the matter the man will not rest all right so um he is now committed to her redemption, which is a lovely picture of Jesus. Right? Think of um, Isaiah 62. For Zion's sake, I will not hold my peace. And for Jerusalem's sake, I will not rest until her righteousness goes forth as brightness and her salvation as a lamp that burns. Right? I will not rest. I will not hold my peace until righteousness goes forth. This is the Lord's desire to, um, for our redemption. And he will not rest until he fully completes it. How about that? So, I mean, Samson's a pretty dramatic picture of Christ, um, but so is this affair with Boaz and Ruth, Ruth being a picture of the Gentile church, the New Testament church, maybe. Like, that's certainly true. Naomi being the Old Testament church. Jew and Gentile alike are redeemed by Boaz. All right, so let's summarize both parts. The strength in Boaz is really seen in his merciful treatment of Ruth and Naomi. Ruth went out to claim that what was hers under the law, but Boaz opened up his field to her that she might follow after the girls who were harvesting. Because Ruth knew that she did not deserve this as a foreigner, she marveled at the grace that Boaz showed to her. Here we see a picture of our Lord who is strong to save us as our Redeemer and graciously calls us into his church. He has drawn us under his wings that, he, that we might have refuge from the devil, the world, and our sinful nature. In his house he bestows an abundance of bread in the preaching of his word and in the sacrament of his body and blood for the forgiveness of sins. In any other field we would suffer harm, but in Christ's field Jesus shows eternal mercy to those who live and die in the one true faith. Jesus has become our nearest relative in the flesh. He took on flesh that he might take off his sandal and crush the head of Satan. The price of redemption could be met only by the shedding of his blood for us at the cross. There our Lord purchased the field of this world and made us his, his holy bride, the church, his treasure and pearl of great price. Huh? Maybe behind that parable. Like Ruth, we go out to him and lie at his feet to plead that he would continue to spread his wings over us, even though we do not deserve it. On the sixth day, our Lord pulled out the full measure of our redemption price, that our sins might be fully forgiven and no one speak ill of us. This is the God of abundant grace and mercy that called Ruth, and led her to remain with Naomi even when she could only offer bitterness. He sent his son, our kinsman, because he would not rest or be silent until he had accomplished our full 
salvation. Terrific. All right, let's sing, uh, let's sing the first stanza of our hymn. We're going to go a little long today. power, O Lord, and come that by your protection we may be rescued from the threatening perils of our sins and saved by your mighty deliverance. For you live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Pray this day for the church and her pastors, for missionaries, teachers, deaconesses, musicians, and other servants of Christ in his church, for the fruitful and salutary use of the blessed sacrament of the Lord's body and blood. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Pray today in Thanksgiving with Norm, who celebrates his birthday. Pray for the households of our church, especially this week with Jennifer, Catherine, Doug and Teresa, Michael, Jack and Patty, and Renee. Pray for our catechumens. Pray for those ill receiving treatment or recovering, especially Ralph, Allison, Joe, Dennis, Len, Christopher, Sophie and Brad, Ron, Carol, Doug, Donna, Joan, Sandy, Owen and Wendell, Jolene, President Willie. Pray for our homebound, Marcy, Dan, Lenore, Paul, Dolores, Merlin, and Pauline. Pray for the missions and mercy work of the church, especially that of a place of refuge. Continue to pray in intercession for Walt, who is in hospice care. For all this, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Thank you, my heavenly Father, for Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger, and I pray that you would keep me this day also from sin and every evil, that all my doings in life may please you. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. There's our congregation prayer for, <coughs> excuse me, for, <coughs> sorry. <coughs> wow. Our congregation prayer for today, Thursday, December 7th, 2023. Uh, it's good to have you with us. I hope that's a blessing to you. I know it was kind of a tour de force there to get through two chapters. Um, 
but uh, I didn't think we could really omit chapter two. And uh, yeah, gather with us again tomorrow. We'll have the uh, conclusion of the Ruth saga, uh, the delightful conclusion of the saga. And then Saturday, um, as we prepare for divine service on Sunday. Sunday, by the way, we do have men's ministry, so make plans um, to stay after church, men, and uh, be instructed and encouraged there for service. All right, so God be with you all, and we'll see you again in the morning. We thank you for listening to this podcast from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church Sermon Center in Random Lake, Wisconsin. If this podcast is of benefit to you, please consider supporting the work of St. John by visiting stjohnrandomlake.org, that's stjohnrandomlake.org, slash support, and give today.